You turn with me, please, to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 22. Deuteronomy 5, verse 22. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount out of the midst of the fire, of the cloud, and of the thick darkness, with a great voice. And he added no more. And he wrote them in two tables of stone and delivered them unto me. And it came to pass when you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness, for the mountain did burn with fire, that you came near unto me, even all the heads of your tribes and your elders. And ye said, Behold, the Lord our God hath showed us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God doth talk with man, and he liveth. Now therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us if we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, then we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that hath heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of fire as we have and lived? Will you also turn with me to the New Testament then, to the book of Hebrews? Hebrews chapter 12, please. Beginning to read at verse 18. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest, and the cloud of a trumpet, and the voice of the words, which voice they that heard entreated, that the words should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touch the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake, but ye are come unto Mount Sion, and unto every and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, unto an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, <clears throat> unto God the judge of all, unto the spirits of just men made perfect, unto Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Let us pray. Father, we bow our heads before you as a sign and a token of reverence and respect. Father, we thank you for your son and the remembrance around the table this morning for the singing, the musicians playing unto thee, for the songs that were sung. We thank you, Father, that we have been in and are in your presence. We thank you for your word which has been read in public and expounded around the table and now, Father, at the pulpit. We pray, Father, that you would take your word and Glorify your Son through it all. Bless the children in children's churches. They are learning the scriptures and the things of God. Bless the leaders and the teachers and the helpers that go with them. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would 
Lord, find a lodging place in every heart from the youngest there to the oldest here, male and female, man and woman, boy and girl. Glorify your son. And if there's one not yet ready to meet you, Lord, should you call them home or should you come again, we pray, Lord, you would have them prepared and ready, saved. May a backslider come back to you. May he or she, Lord, that has wandered far from you, realize, Lord, they're not right with you and find themselves coming back like the prodigal son. Father, we just ask you as you settle our hearts and open us up like a flower to the rain to your word. We pray, O oh God, that you would minister your spirit to us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And we've done part one of this from Mount Sinai to Mount Zion. Actually, it was about four weeks ago. And uh, sometimes you lose the train of thought, uh, especially yourselves, for you don't have it in front of you. And you can lose it so easily for one week was Mother's Day, then everyone was away last week. Uh, well, a lot of were away last week for the Easter holiday break. And hence, you, you would have had those two weeks in between. So it's really four weeks from the last time we spoke on this. I'll give you a little brief rundown, and it's online if anyone wants to catch up with it. Uh, but here we have in Deuteronomy 5 that it's the second reading of the law. It's the second reading of the law. Uh, the first reading is found in Exodus 19. We won't read it this morning, but it tells us really what Deuteronomy 5 tells us. And, uh, uh, part, and, and the 19, it tells us of of a marriage taking place between Jehovah and Israel. And then in the Exodus 20, we have the reading of the law or the Ten Commandments. This is the second reading in Deuteronomy chapter 5. And then when we go on, pardon me, uh, before we went any further in Deuteronomy 5, if you were to look at the very beginning of it, we have the Ten Commandments. So we have... Exodus 19, get into Exodus 20. Then we have Deuteronomy 5, only you have the commandments written, read out first and written. And then we have the speaking of the mountain when God came down upon the mountain. There was a great black darkness in the mountain. And it was, if you remember, it was to, for one to protect. It speaks of protection of men and women would be consumed in the glory of God. This was a covering for them. Because it shows the awesome power, the, the almightiness of God would consume man and woman, the, the unregenerate sinner, the, the, those who were not yet under the blood, it would consume. And hence the Lord put that, the mountain shaking, and only Moses was covered to come toward the mountain of God. And then when we, we look at Hebrews 12, it is, a, it is in the new covenant, and he speaks of this. Exodus 19.20 and Deuteronomy 5. The Hebrew writer in chapter 12 is speaking. We're not coming to a mountain. We're not coming where the mountain shook and would quake. And we're not coming to the place where uh, they, they would die if they seen the presence of the Lord. But there's a glorious uh, uh, liturgy of, of people and angels and uh, the spirits of just men made perfect. And all of these are written. And then it's mentioned unto Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant that was made. Uh, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 33 with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. And he's saying, those of us who are in the new covenant, 
who have been to Calvary, who are saved, who are blood washed, who are blood bought. This is where we are now. We can come to Mount Sion. The law was given at Mount Sinai, but the grace and, and the glory of Christ is the Mount Sion. It's a spiritual experience, in other words. The, the new Jerusalem is spiritual. The new Jerusalem is you and me. So we are the new Jerusalem. And hence you see the old covenant and you see the new covenant. And you see the, the, the thick darkness and it's shielding man who can't come. And really then in, the, in Hebrews 12, you see how it's an open way that we can come and it's through the blood of Christ. And the thick darkness also speaks uh, to us about the, not only the covering, but it speaks about how we are sinful and God's wrath upon us. And in the new covenant, it's not there because we're under the blood and we belong to Christ. And so we looked at those things a little bit more in depth in, in part one of it. And then when we look at, uh, if you want, we, we looked at the word to bring forth light. We started looking into the word light. Can't go really through it all. I'm going to look a little bit more at it. But we're talking about darkness, from darkness to light. From the darkness of the law pointing to us and saying you're sinful. To the light of the life of Christ in us in the new covenant. Now, what we want to look at is, and just a little bit further before we go into this morning, we want to show you darkness and light. We want to show you that the law points like a torch. When we think that, oh, well, we're walking in the light of the Lord, or we're walking, we think of some big spiritual beaming light. And look, listen, it's the law which is the light. It's the word of God in us which is the light. We looked at it more in part one, but... For example, and we're going to just briefly mention this and we'll go a little bit further. In Matthew 6, the Lord Jesus says about if the, if the light be in you darkness, how great is the darkness? And he's speaking of if, if, the, if the word of God isn't in you completely, if we're not single-eyed for it, how great is the darkness in us and that which fills our hearts and minds? Brothers and sisters, what is it this morning? That fills our hearts and minds. That little bit that only you know about. How great is that darkness, Jesus said. But when we go to the word, the word illuminates our heart. The law shows us we're sinners, you see. And in Christ, he, he gives us life after this death. And then we looked at Psalm 119 and 105. He says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And then in Psalm 119 and verse 130, it says, the entrance of thy words, notice, giveth light. Giveth light. And hence it's the word of God who gives us the light to walk in a darkened world. It's, a, it's a, the, that which lights up the life. That's why it's important, Christian, for you to read the word of God, for you to listen to a solid preaching, good theology in the Word of God. It's important that you that you that you sing songs with the Word of God, Christ-centered, Christ-elevating, Christ-exalting. Not about me, myself, and I, and us, and we, and who we are, but Christ. Notice, uh, I brought you to Exodus twenty-five. 
And it says in Exodus 25 about the seven-branch golden candlestick in the tabernacle and how, you know, the tabernacle was built and they went into the court and there's one veil, then a second, and through the second was this little room called the Holy of Holies or the Most Holy. And it was all, if you want, badger skins. There was no light. There was pitch black in it. And there's the the furniture that God told Moses to make. And one of those parts of the furniture was the Ark of the Covenant, overlaid wood, acacia wood overlaid with gold. And that which represented Christ in it. Remember the, the, man, the, the pot of manna, the, the commandments, the tables of the law. And, of course, the rod of iron was potted, blossomed, and bloomed. The bread of life, Christ is. Uh, the resurrection, the dead stick bringing forth flowers. And, of course, he kept the law that we couldn't keep. And in this golden box were these items. But it was pitch black. And in Exodus 25, the Lord says, Moses, make a golden candlestick, seven branches, put it in over against the wall. In other words, where it was, it would shine across the golden a mercy seat on the top of the ark of the lid and it would gleam and the room would light up with it everything would sparkle and it speaks of the, the oil uh, the pure oil of, 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 of the olive the Holy Spirit uh, bringing light and lighting up the Lord Jesus Christ as it were lighting up the ark of the covenant light in the darkened room for example go with me quickly to John's gospel John's Gospel, chapter 16. Notice what the Lord Jesus said. He's going to go to Calvary. He'll die, be buried, rose again the third day, ascended into glory, and he, and, and he would send the Holy Spirit. Notice what it says in verse 14. Notice, he shall glorify me. The seven-branch golden candlestick would what? light up the room by shining on the, the polished gold of the Ark of the Covenant, which spoke of Christ. So here, he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore, said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. What was the seven branch golden candlestick doing? Lighting up the Ark of the Covenant, which is the type of Christ. What is the Holy Spirit's chief office? To take the things of Christ and to show it unto us, to, to elevate Christ in the meeting, to elevate Christ in the worship, to elevate Christ in the life, to exalt him among us. So if, if Christ isn't the center and if we're not Christ-centered in all that we do, then we have to ask, is this a Holy Ghost meeting? The Holy Ghost isn't all about speaking in tongues and prophesying and interpretations and, and words of wisdom and words of knowledge and so on. It isn't even about the Holy Ghost moving and healing signs and wonders. It's about the elevation, the exaltation and the glorification of Christ. That he takes the things of the Savior and he shows them to us. And here the word in us is that it gives us the light of life. Proverbs 6 and 2, it says, for the commandment is a lamp. Remember, I told you last week the word for commandment is the word mitzvah. 
mitzvah, and it really means a, a, a Jewish boy and he's 13 has his bar mitzvah, and it means he's a son of the commandment, starts to study the word, lights up the life. But the commandment here, the mitzvah, is what you and I should be continually with the Holy Ghost, with the light of life, with the word in our hands, should be sons and daughters of the, the mitzvah, the commandment of God, the word of God. I haven't time to go any further into those things. Will you turn with me? Please, I want to show you something. This is important. I want to make sure we get there this morning. Uh, so let's go to Isaiah chapter 8, please. Isaiah chapter 8, if you will. Isaiah 8. Let's read, if you will, please. Let your eye run down the chapter to verse 16. Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. And I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. What about today, brothers and sisters? The testimony and the law. I'm going to look at it for a moment. This is, this is the light that our nation needs. God who's hiding, hiding his face from the house of Jacob is the one who's hiding his face, as it were, from Great Britain, from these British eyes. Look what's happening in the darkness of our society. You know, and people say, where is God? God says, I give you my testimony and my law. You threw it out and you went into hyper-grace mode where everyone can live how they like, do what they want, and they can do everything which is right in their own eyes. Let's read on, please. Verse 18. Behold, I and the children, children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. By the way, the children he have given is Isaiah the prophet's children. That's what he's speaking of. And they were a prophetic sign. For example, um, if you go to verse 1, Moreover the Lord said unto me, Take thee a great road and write in it with a man's pen concerning Mahar Shalal Hashbaz. Please don't ask me to repeat that. But he does repeat it in verse 3. And his name means... His name means speed to the spoil or hurry to the plunder. And the Lord says, you're to lie. It's, it actually tells us here that um, in verse 3, I went to the prophetess and she conceived and bare a son. This isn't that he just went to some prophetess and lay with her. It's many, most that I've ever read believe that this was his actual, it was Isaiah's wife who was a prophetess. And they bear this son who means speed to spoil, hurry to the plunder. And it gives the idea that the Lord had said, those enemies who come upon uh, Syria to the north, the house of Israel to, below them, now looking toward Judah and Jerusalem, he says, they will come to speed to the plunder. Now show them, this is my children who are going to stand for a witness. That's why they're named this. That's why God is... Give us this name, he says. And it says in, in verse 
For, for before the child shall have knowledge to cry, my father and my mother, the riches of Damascus, that's Samaria, and the, or pardon me, Damascus, that's Syria, and the spoil of Samaria, that's the northern ten tribe house of Israel, of Samaria, shall be taken away before the king of Assyria. So the Lord says the king of Assyria will come right up over the river Euphrates and down in to where the Holy Land would be today, taking Syria into the northern kingdom, and they'll all be taken away. But he'll come down to you if you don't turn to me, he's saying. And so he says, name your child this. And your uh, Shear Joshubab as well. That's this other child that he has. And it all speaks of them coming over in judgment, God bringing the nation down. And he said, my children are signs of this prophetic order. Now look at verse 19. And when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and that mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Brothers and sisters, this, this verse grabbed me some time ago. I'd listened to something that was on there. I can't even remember what station it was. And there was someone on, I don't listen to much radio, but there was some, someone on the radio. I don't know how, I must have hit the button and it caught me. And the presenters were all loving this person who said that they were into all of these sort of arts, you know, sorceries, all of these sort of things, palm reading and talking about, um, you know, Speaking to to dead spirits and or the spirits of dead people and and all of this sort of stuff and and then recently I walked past a poster and, and they're having uh, they were having sorry I think it's over now in one of the hotels in Belfast a séance gathering and and another one was a, I seen a post on social media where they're having all of this sort of stuff and people were looking forward to this. The reaction to it was phenomenal. But if I went on and said to seek the Lord, I would, I would be lambasted and hated. I'd be a hate monger. I'd be a crazy, mad fanatic. You see here, and they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and wizards that peep and that mutter. <laughs> The strange thing about this is, is that the familiar spirits, it gives the idea of those who believe they can contact the dead. It actually gives the idea of a wineskin bottle, believe it or not. If you look up the original text, you go, and I remember when I first read that, I was thinking, what has that got to do with this, a wineskin bottle? Well, you see, you fill a wineskin bottle with wine or with water, don't you? So if it's empty, it's full of air. Something fills it. If it's not water or wine, something fills it. And the Lord said to Isaiah, tell my people, they're starting to go after these people who are not filled with my spirit, who are not filled with my word, but they're filled with something else. They're filled with another spirit. I don't mean to hurt anyone, but if, if you, friend, are, are going to places like 
these sort of people who say they, they can speak to the dead and contact your dead loved ones. It is not your dead loved one. It is another spirit. A family, a close family member of mine, years ago in their teens, went to a house meeting, party thing, with people and they'd done a seance in the Ouija board. I don't want to give glory to it, but this is something that happened. And they got so afraid because of the activity that happened in it. They were never the same again. And it's a very close relative of mine. Never the same again. And it's spelt out to them, this relative of mine. It's spelt out to them that they would die young. They would make sure it took their life young. And they died young. Through addiction. Women look, the Lord's saying, stop running after these people. Stop chasing after these things. Tell my people it is not of me. And he says here, and when they say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits. Isaiah, the people are going to want you to preach these things. Preacher, the people are going to want you to preach some of these things to ease conscience, to make them feel better. I don't mean this to be, uh, please don't think I'm being ignorant or nasty and saying this. I'm not here to make people feel better. I'm here to feed sheep the word of God. And it's the word of God that lights, the law lights up. The Torah lights up and it shows us where we're wrong. It's like a spotlight tells us how we're wrong. It shows us the sin in our lives and it's up to us to rectify. And he says, Isaiah, the people are looking for this. The people love this stuff. Don't you preach it to them. Don't you tell them you'll do it for them. He says, but rather take my word and feed them with it. Notice, they have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and mutter. Strange that because the word mutter here is the word yoga. I just jotted it down early this morning. I was reading over these things. Yoga, that means to moan. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're a moaner. Some people are just hormoners like, but there's <laughs> but Yaga means ones that will sit and come and do an incantation of chanting and moaning. That's why it's important, worship team, musicians and singers, church, 
of what we sing isn't so repetitive we come into a place of chanting. Repetitive singing over and over. But notice this. It means to moan, but it also means to meditate. These wizards would meditate until another spirit comes to them. Spiritual world is real, brothers and sisters. And they would meditate. Listen, meditate in your yoga. That's why you shouldn't do it. Meditation and and I used to do martial arts, so meditation is not all martial arts, but some martial arts. Meditation. Meditation when you're sitting in your different poses and meditation when you do then the mindfulness. I need you to hear this. This is not of God. Mindfulness, where you empty your mind, is the same as the water or wine skin. It has to be filled with something. So what fills it? Jesus says when a devil is cast out of someone, see if they're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Guess what? Seven more come back in. Seven more. Seven more. And the Lord said here that these wizards that peep and mutter And he says, should not a people seek unto their God? Now, don't get me wrong. Meditation is in the scriptures. In fact, I would do maybe a while where we'll maybe do a study on it sometime. But it's not emptying the mind. That's empty the mind and all the cars go and get a positive energy up and all that sort of stuff. That's not from God. It's from another spirit. And they just hear me now because it's rife. It's not from God, and it's in many places of so-called Christian worship. New Ageism has made a... If I talked to you about New Ageism a few years ago, you'd, you'd sort of go, I'm sure it's some... A wee handful of crackpots, you know, that's what you'd have said. This year is nothing. I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. New ageism is everywhere now. From your government into the church. From your government right into the church. New age practices. What do you think all the climate change is about? New ageism of loving Mother Earth. Now, don't get me wrong, I think we should look after Earth. I didn't say Mother Earth. I just said Earth. This was rife. It was darkness. It was Israel were turned away from God, as it were, the cloud that separates, that shows their sin. What do they need? They need to be under the blood. 
What do we need? To be under the blood. If you were thinking of meditating, now let me say this again. Meditation of the word of God. Meditation of the scriptures is good. But mark you this, it is not meditation of the scriptures the way Ignatius Loyola, the Jesuit founder, said. Ignatius Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits, would sit for hours and empty himself and say, Lord, what are you saying to me? But there was no word in it. Sit with candles lit and that sort of stuff. Make an ambience. You heard the word ambience, you know? Oh, it's a lovely ambience. Is it an ambience or is it a setup for another spirit? It is not that sort of meditation, but rather to take the word and think the word. To take the word and feast on the word. To eat on the word. To scar the scriptures. You're to be bar mitzvah. Bar to mitzvah. A son or a daughter of the commandment. Of the Torah. Verse 20, please. So notice, let's read verse 19 again into 20. And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits, and unto wizards that peep and mutter, should not a people seek unto their God? So they'll seek everything and anything but God. Am I not speaking of Ulster today? Of the United Kingdom of today? Of Ireland? Of America? Of Canada? Am I not speaking of our nations who once held to this word, lived by this word, the foundations are built upon this word? Am I not speaking to, to, to this nation today? Um, so I, had, I took Monday and Tuesday off. And it was quite busy on Wednesday and back at it and so forth. But um, Pastor Hanrahan from Dublin asked me, he says, I'm writing a book. Would you uh, either give me a critique on it and see what you think needs amended or, or would you write it and write a little preface for it? I said, surely. So I read it on I think it was Thursday, I think, or Friday, anyway. And so I typed it up and I sent it to him. And it'll be great when it comes out, when he brings it out. I don't know when that is, but it'll be great when he brings it out. But in it, some of the stuff that happened and the spiritual darkness that was around him, that he was in, was phenomenal. And you read at times when people were saying, even Christians came alongside him and said, you need the Lord. Only the Lord can help you. Only the Lord can change this. 
And all of these uh, Christians that were around him telling this different pastors in Dublin, I met him just shortly after he was saved. And, uh, and, and he speaks about all of these people before that in depth. And he speaks about the witchcraft that takes place still to this day on a mountain beside out, out where they are and how they're now encroaching in where there was no salvation. People are getting saved and things are happening and, and, and the, the, the worship of, of, of the devil and the satanic influence is diminishing where they are. He's push, they're pushing it back over the mountain again. And praise God. That's only when he realized the word of God. He says, uh, I didn't know what it was to be born again. He's a Roman Catholic. He You've heard his testimony to be born again. And he says, it's only whenever I realized the things of the word and the spirit. It'll be an interesting read when it comes out. And I've been thinking about these things since I wrote it. And I read the book and wrote it on Thursday. And I thought, Lord, everybody is turning to everything else. You can go on TV and you can talk about the most vulgar and vile things in life today. You, you, you can go on radio or whatever, and you can talk about everything spiritual, black and dark, everything demonic and satanic. You can talk about it as much as you like, uh, uh, spiritual things, that is, of the occultic arts, and you can speak about it. But if you were to go on and talk about the Holy Spirit, you're nuts, you're mad. Or you were to talk about the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation in Christ and the blood of Christ. Oh, this guy is a fundamentalist. Um, this woman is a fundamentalist. They're nuts. They're mad. And you're set apart. You're, it's the cancel culture of everything godly and righteous and true and honest and Christ-like. Everything is anti-Christ. Israel were the same as we are today. And the Lord says, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Now notice, here's what we fill our minds with, that which we meditate on. Alice and I were in the car yesterday, no Friday maybe, we weren't out yesterday were we? No, Friday I think it was we're driving along in the car and I, I have preaching in and sometimes we'll listen to a bit of preaching or a, a lot of of own Whitewell songs on one CD, they're all just big clips of worship and we'll just sit and listen to it, the worship and but usually I listen to a preacher, I don't, I don't listen to a lot of music at all for some reason, I hit the button and the radio come on and we're driving. I, you know, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, what is it? What's annoying me? You know, something's agitating you. And I realized I had the radio on. There was this music was on. Boom, 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 boom. And I go, I said, what am I doing? Why is that on? And Alison says, I was wondering, <laughs> what are you doing? Hey, listen, brothers, listen, young people. Want you to listen to me? You see that music? That's tantric music. That's music to draw in the spirit. That's music. It's a hook to draw you into the things of the other world. You may say, how do you, I know God like you, you know. I'll tell you how I know, because I was there. 
because I was there. The slowdown and the build-up for ecstasy and all of those drugs, LSD or cocaine, all of those, done it all. And it starts and it builds up, and by the time it builds up, you're in euphoria. But you know what you're doing? You've opened your heart and emptied yourself out to another spirit. I know because one came one time and took me out of my own body to bring me to hell. Lifted me right out of myself. My body was there and it was just, I don't know where I died or what had happened. I looked and there I was being dragged out and I could see everything. Infused with drugs. And that sort of music is like a hook in your soul. You'll never find happiness nor peace You'll never find contentment or gain by listening to that stuff. Look at the outward. I've went off course here, but forgive me. I'll round it up and and do this topic another time. Look at the stuff that's been in the, the news recently. Some of these singers dressed up as the devil, demonic worship on stage to millions and millions. Let me tell you, let me tell you what happens. That happens, and it's all over the news. Uh, was it, what, what, what awards was that? Was that one of the music awards anyway? I don't know. I can't remember what awards it was. And they're all dressed up in demonic outfits, and they're all dressed up doing these, uh, outfit, uh, all, the, all this horrible stuff. They were blaspheming, making fun of Christ, and, and some of them were pretending to be crucified on a cross even. And these things have happened in these different concerts. And, and one, there's a lot of them actually died in a stampede, the young people that went to see it. And while they're dying, he's singing, see you in the next world, see you in the next world, see you in the next world. He's a black rapper over in, America, I can't remember his name. I don't know their names, but I, I read it, seen pictures of it, and young people died. And all these dressed as satanic people and making fun and blaspheming Christ. Let me tell you something. You know what they're doing? They're making it's the Antichrist spirit rising in the earth, rising in the world in these days. For the coming of the Lord. You know why? The devil knows he has but a short time. The devil knows his time is short. And he wants to drag you to hell. Young people. Come on look at me. There's people in your life will have satanic influence over you if you allow it. There's music that you think that is soft and easy. It is gripping your soul to hook you to hell. It's not innocent. It's not just music. It's another spirit. Would every Christian say amen? The Lord said, you're all for this stuff. Look at today. Look at it all. But would you not seek me instead? 
Depression is rife in young people. Suicide is rife in young people. Because they're hooked on these things, whether it's a substance or without substance, they're hooked on these things. And the Lord says, would you just not seek me instead? Brother, sister, what influence are you over your children? I know we can't keep them all. Get to a certain age. I have two myself. You get to a certain age and they have to make their own way. And I understand that. But while they're under your roof or while they're small, brothers and sisters, are they seeing you sitting at home when you could be out in the meeting? Are they saying mummy and daddy missing a prayer meeting because they want to watch what's on TV? Are they saying, seeing you out the wine and the drink at the house so they think that's okay, I can do the same? Would you not seek unto me, God says? There's your light, your light. He says, the world's doing this. He says, Isaiah, don't you allow them to, to, to force you into a prophet, prophetic word that's not from me. And don't you, you tell them not to go to other, uh, others who have familiar spirits. And uh, there's another word for that. It's called a necromancer. Don't let them go to these necromancers who say, well, uh, there, there's, there's your, your auntie, your uncle, your, you know, your, your nanny, your grandma, or whatever. He's saying, it's not. It's another spirit. It's not me. It's not from me. It's another spirit. It's not of God, brothers and sisters. He says, should not a people seek unto their God? Look at verse 20. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Now notice that. I would like to see those who who do these uh, programs or shows and they, they, they do all this so-called stuff. Spiritual stuff. I don't even want to give it credence. Don't want to, I don't want to give it a foothold in someone's mind. I'd love to sit down. Listen, I remember I went to a place, uh, 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 Alison and I went, and it was to be all about worship and praising the Lord, and we went, and we walked into this round circular tent, and they were singing, blow me up like a balloon, blow me up like a balloon, blow me up like a balloon. And I said, Alison, there's enough balloons in here, I'm leaving. That's what they were singing from the worship team. And people are like this, blow me up like a balloon. Yeah, you're like a wineskin that's empty. No wine of the blood, no water of the word. And you know what they said? We heard them when we were going out. If you go out and down, not to us, but to everyone. If you go out and down to the left, there's another tent there. Go get your prophecy. I said, also, are we going to walk down here if we went to that tent? We went home. Are we going to find a woman uh, sitting there with a scarf over her head with a big hooky nose and a wart on it, sitting with a crystal ball like this here, going, oh, I see your future, you know. That's what it's like. That's in the church. That's in the church. People looking at Christians. I, I spoke to a pastor a lot of years ago, and I told him to stop it, and his ministry went down the tubes because he carried it on. I said, this is not of God. Stop it. He had a man coming to minister, 
And he had him a basin, a plastic basin, and a towel over his shoulder. Not to wash feet, but to have people spit in it. Until they heaved up their demon and spat it into a basin. Christian people he sent to. And they said, this is not of God. There's people in the prophecy in the back of a cornflake box, if they could, they'd write it down. Listen, see this? This is too important. He gave us this for a reason. I'm a Pentecostal, you know that. And I believe in the move and the manner of the gifts of the Spirit. I do that. And I speak with other tongues. I do that. And I've given words of knowledge before. I've done that. But it's not for me. And it's not every day. And it's not every moment. It's not every, every meeting. In fact, it might not even be every year. It's been on a, a few occasions. God speaks to people more. Some, through some people, allegedly, speaks through them more than he ever spoke to Moses. These people, I'd love to be able to sit down with them and say, to the law and to the testimony. I'm going to look at this one verse and I'm going to close. To law and the testimony, if you don't speak according to this, this law, this testimony, if they don't, it's because the word of God isn't in them. It's because it's not from God. Because it's not from God. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there's no, what's the word? Would you shout it out? Light. From darkness to light. From Sinai, they're under the darkness in their sin. And the word shines, the law shines, the commandment shines, and tells us we're not right with God. And it's only through the blood of Christ that we can be forgiven. See this word, law. If you're taking notes, just write Torah. The law is a Torah. Especially here speaks of the five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's where we read from this morning. To the law and to the testimony. It's the word testimony. This is important. It's the word tehuda. Tehuda. Uh, for your English uh, rendering, it's T-E-H. Double O D A W Tehuda to the law, the Torah, and to this testimony, the Tehuda. If they speak not according to this word, the Davar, Davar, it's D A W V A R in our English rendering, to the Davar. It is because there is no light in them. So the Torah is the Mosaic law, the the Deuteronomic law. It is the it is the five books of Moses as it's known and the Decalogue which we have in Exodus 20 we spoke about and in Deuteronomy 5. Okay? So that would be the Torah. The testimony, the Tehudah, this means, and here it means, and by the way, this word Tehudah is only mentioned three times in the whole of Scripture. Three times. Twice in this chapter and once in Esther 
chapter 4. Chapter 4. Now let me tell you what it means. It, it, it gives the idea the testimony is a, a prophetic testimony. This talks about a prophetic testimony. And we spoke about uh, Isaiah's children. We, uh, we do a study on the children and all that another time because it would just take too long. It would be too much this morning. But it gives the idea that Isaiah's in this. The, the Israelites are, are, it's like you and I this morning. It, it's, it's like the, the, the world that we live in this morning as in our nation this morning. And it's just so dark. It's away from God. Uh, and there's a... Uh, there's a judgment that is come and people just see it as, well, it's only another war. It's only another clashing uh, of nations. It's, it's, only, it's only another uh, 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 saber-rattling thing. Where, and, and yes, our, our brethren of the, the ten northern tribes in the house of Israel are taken away and so is Syria at that time. And Judah goes, well, it's, it's just one of those things. It's what happens in life. It's just another happening. And that's what they say today. Ach, it's just Ukraine, and it's just Russia, and it's just America, and it's just, it's just Taiwan, it's just China on the street. It's all just all stuff, you know. That's the world we live in, and in our society that we live in. People say, ach, well, it's just the signs of the times. My brother Trevor sent a thing to me, and I have to, I don't want to do it to, Injustice, but it was about the Church of England, and do they need to be evangelical, or do they need evangelicals in it? And um, it ended up anyway. Some of them are saying yes, and some of them are saying no. You know why? Because they feel if we become evangelical, I'm paraphrasing now. If we become evangelical and we try to preach the law and the testimony, if we try and tell them the word of God, as in this verse says, well, you know what's going to happen? You'll stop them coming to church. And it's not really, and this isn't their words verbatim, but basically, really in today's culture, the day and hour we live in, it's not really the thing you do. It's not really the thing you do. Whole big uh, write up on it. It's not really what we do, basically. We don't need that evangelical zeal and spirit. Now, not all of them are saying that, but the vast majority of them would probably be down the same line. That's the world that we live in. And yet, all of the darkness and the Antichrist spirit is prevalent everywhere. Man's, woman's fleshy wants and wills and nature. And it's about my feelings. You hurt my feelings. Well, do you know what? So what? It's all about my feelings. Someone sent me a small clip of a video last night of a man in a shop in the United States and a trans, whatever it is, run walks in dressed as a woman with a hat, a, a, an axe this height, a shaft this height, the big axe head on it, walks into the shop, picks a fight with a man and the man says, look, what you do is nothing to do with me. With, I don't know the words, the full story of what he said. But he said, I'm not agreeing with you. Your man lifted the axe and hit him there in the face with it. Just <laughs> your man goes, the man goes back and the blood's pouring out of him. Do you see the latest shooting in America, the mass shooting? 
In fact, some of the latest ones, not only just one. Do you know who done them? Transgenders. Have you heard that in the news? The devil has taken men and women's lives and destroying them, destroying their minds and their hearts from their young, taking them and, uh, and, and saying, you're not, a, you're not a boy, you're a girl, you're not a girl, you're a boy, and all of this sort of stuff. This word testimony is a prophetic word that God says to his children. He says, see if they don't believe the prophetic word what I say. The tehudah, the testimony. Then there's no hope for them. The the, the testimony, the tehudah, it it can also mean the, the attestation, to attest to something. It means authentication and documentation that God's word has documented. So he tells you, he tells Isaiah, take the pen of a man and write it down. The way you write your notes, write it down. Why? For when you go home, there it is in front of you. Write it down. Three quick points on this. First of all, three common types of attestation is audit, which is examination or inspection. And this would clarify something. So, for example, if you had an audit on your accounts, if you, if you were a business owner, it, it is something that clarifies your accounts that they are in order, and it is to detect any fraud or falsification. And the Lord says, write this down. Call your children this name, because this is what I'm saying to this land, and I'm going to raise up prophets to do it, not wizards and wolves with familiar spirits. That there's no fraud or falsification. Secondly, another attestation is, uh, a type of attestation is review. A review is an assessment or a critique, like even an appraisal of something, a judgment on quality of something. And the Lord says, here, this testimony of the prophetic word of what will happen, you watch and you can critique this, and then you can appraise it to see that my word will come to pass. And thirdly, And finally, compilation is another type of attestation. It means the action or process of assembling information to compile into a volume. You write it down, Isaiah. Get the pages together. Because do you see in a lot of few thousand years, there's going to be someone who's going to open it up called Ken. He's going to be preaching from it. And the accreditation is this. It stands the test of time. And he says, if they speak not according to this word, this devour, this chronicle, this communication, it means what word, the word that we've spoke of, if they don't speak according to my word, it's not from me. They're still in darkness. The law of God lights up the life and will say to the Israelite, you're still not right with me. You're still in your sin. You're still in darkness. You're still demonically inspired. You're this, you're that, you're the other. That's what it means. And the Lord says, but would they not seek me instead? But oh, that they would seek me instead. We'll leave it there. And God bless his word to us this morning. Do you think that the laws that are being made are from God?
See the latest one now they're doing in some schools? Naked teaching. Naked teaching. Adults are naked. Coming in to speak to the kids. And listen, brother, sister, do you see if that happens in your school, your child's school? Go you right away and take them out and never bring them back. Go and take them out and never bring them back to the place. Perverting the children's minds. See, years ago, that I called it indecent exposure. Not so many years ago that I put them in prison. Protect your kids. Let's pray a moment. Father, we realize this morning there's been even a sense of you, Lord, where, Lord, even a, you spoke about the places of darkness, the children of wickedness and darkness. We pray, Father, that as we are here, that we would seek unto the living God. We thank you, Lord, we're under the blood. That we're born again of your spirit. I thank you this morning, Lord. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We pray, Father, that you would protect our children from the youngest to the oldest, from the little baby in the arms to the teenager into their 20s, Lord. Father, we pray that you protect your people Protect our homes, protect our marriages, protect our families. We pray, O oh God, that you would protect us, and Lord, would you use us that we might turn this nation around to thee again. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. We believe you, we believe you, Lord. And so this morning, Lord, glorify your Son in the midst. For Christ's name I ask it. Amen.